The IDP Pro Players Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger. With WinBet, download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Without further ado, here are your hosts, senior IDP analysts, Johnny the Greek and the IDP tipster. Welcome back. This is the IDP Pros Podcast. And this week, uh, you're joined once again with me, Johnny the Greek, and my good friend, Gary. Gary, how's it going, man? It's going great, John. That's good. This week, we're going to be talking about the Tier 3 Premium Squad, so we'll be continuing to talk about uh, the best players, the guys you should know, uh, you know, the best options for your IDP Fantasy Squad. But before that, we're brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and right now, they're offering 70% off if you go to IPVanish.com backslash SGP. That's IPVanish.com backslash SGP. Also, make sure and check out the new Discord server, the SGPN Discord. It's the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord and make sure you get on in there. All right, Gary, we've been through a whole bunch of names. We're going to do a whole bunch more this week. So uh, we're trying to indoctrinate people. We're trying to melt this into their brains so that when those drafts come around, they've got the best options available to them at their fingertips. What are we talking about this week? Well, we're talking about the last part of the top 36. uh, What would it be, 24 through 36 or whatever it is, that last 12. Uh, What I consider kind of the upper half of the whole top 64, 72 group that you look at, you know, if you separate it into another tier, your first tier would be 1 through 36, somewhere in that range. So, um, again, these are just still really premium people. These are premium players. They're very highly talented players. You know, uh, we're here helping the novice, and we're going to help sort out some of those names uh, that you might be hearing. And just basically, if you just take notes and target these guys in this kind of in this order, um, I don't think you're going to be very disappointed and not necessarily that you get to go high on this first tier or two. You know, I, I'm encouraging the novice to go ahead and do what you do best. Go ahead and build that offense, you know. So we'll work on it, um, and, and we're going to start expanding a little bit more each time. But with this, we're in the uh, the third tier, and we're going to be talking to premium squad, which I've I've turned around and I've split the squad in half by six. Uh, because uh, the hairs get a little bit less thin here, in my opinion. Right, right. And let's keep in mind, we've already talked about 24 guys that are rock solid before this. This is, you know, 24 through 36 or 25 through 36, whatever you want to call it. So you're right. We are getting to the splitting hairs section of uh, the tiered rankings here. So the first squad we're going to talk about is the premium squad. This is Fred Warner, linebacker, 49ers, Buda Baker, safety Cardinals, Brian Burns, defensive end, Panthers, Nick Bolton, linebacker, Chiefs, Christian Wilkin, defensive line, we'll call him, but he's a defensive tackle, Miami Dolphins, Jordan Poyer, safety, Bills. Let's get started with Fred Warner, and Fred Warner's claim to fame um, besides having a awesome dad who's on social media and being really good at kung fu, I still don't know if that's real or not, has had 100-plus combined tackles every single season of his career and has only missed one game in all four of those seasons. What are your thoughts on Mr. Fred Warner? I remember in the offseason having a conversation. I believe it was through Twitterverse, but uh, we were having a conversation about Fred Warner and if he would ever be in the top ten uh, in any of my personal rankings and he he he's just outside he is great he gets his triple digits he's consistent enough it's it's just the fact that i think that he's never going to beat that ceiling yeah no i'm with you and i think it's just the nature of the part of it's the san francisco offense i mean Mm -hmm. 
you know, they, they are not like uh, the Chiefs or the Cardinals or the mm-hmm. Rams or any of these teams that can score quickly and, bam, you're right back on defense. No. Right. They, they, their drives are run, 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 mm-hmm. heat up clock. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't have a ton of defensive snaps in general. But Warner does play all of them, mm-hmm. so that's good. Not to mention that Greenlaw and Alashir, I believe, are the other two linebackers uh, that's been running with the first team. I think Greenlaw is kind of hurt right now, so they was talking about of all people. People, Oren Burks is oh, filling God. in for Greenlaw. So they better hope Greenlaw is getting ready to, you know, get back on the field soon. But either way, th- those are some a couple of decent guys. You know, they, they demand their own to production. And like you mentioned, the lack of snaps, lack of production. The pie is only so big. And Warner's going to probably always get the bigger slice, at least in consistency. Um, uh, I think... He had a couple of weeks that he had a couple of down weeks because Alashir blew up, but yeah. that's to be expected. <laughs> uh, if I was an opposing quarterback, I'd be throwing the ball at Alashir if he just walked in the game too. If Fred Warner was sitting <laughs> on yeah, the opposite side, right? right. He Absolutely. might jump up there and kick that ball out of the air or something. I don't know. No doubt, Warner is an actual good player too. He's got mm-hmm. a really solid PFF score. Yep. He's actually talented, good at his job. Um, nope. I believe he's the green dot guy over there. Right, I, I could be wrong. I don't know, but yeah, he's rock solid. But he's not going to be ideally your linebacker one. This is like a a perfect linebacker two, even better linebacker three if you can get him there. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yes, sir. So that's our first option in the premium squad. Next guy we're going to talk about is Buda Baker, who was not really all that well-known uh, except for us at IDP land until last year, that uh, interception where he got chased down by Metcalf. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's how everyone knows him now. But what they should know him is as a guy that's put up 100-plus combined tackles from the safety slot, where, where, that's exceedingly rare mm-hmm. at safety. If mm-hmm. you get 80 at safety, that's great. 100 mm-hmm. is insane. That's elite. Right, for three of the last five seasons, Mm -hmm. and 98 uh, is his lowest production as a starter. Which was last year? Right, which was last year. And why? Because Jalen Thompson all of a sudden decided to come out of nowhere and broke the hell out, didn't he? He was killing it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to him at some point, but yes. Buddha is easily the more um, explosive of the two. He's going to mm-hmm. have those spl- splash plays for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, p- plus a great combined flo- uh, tackle floor that we're, we're seeing right here. Uh, he plays every snap. He's never going to lose his job. He's super talented. Oh, bowler. yeah. Nothing not to like. Yeah. It wouldn't matter if you said never lose his job. His job, wherever he is, <laughs> where he is, is the job. He'll, he'll be taking care of business for a long time. And, you know, it felt kind of weird. You know, I put Derwin James up in tier one. He was my first and only one in the tier one. And I was like, man, I just kind of, you know, I thought about Buda Baker for tier two, but the the dip down did concern me. Jalen Thompson coming up concern me sims concerns me and collins and it's not because i think that they'll outplay budo baker because uh, i do believe for whatever snaps it was that he played in the box he was the top rated box safety last year by pff so you know he, he he's a stout dude but i mean he is a little bit longer in the tooth than these other younger guys so if they're up to the task why in the hell stick your veteran up there and make him make those plays he made back in the day when he supported that whole entire secondary by himself and was recording those top-notch safety, you know. Just save him for the, you know, I, I think we're going to have that case. You're going to hear this scenario coming out of me again. I mean, just think about it. Why put Buddha Baker in harm's way? Right. You know? Right. Why, you know, tell, you know, hey, man, look, you're getting a bunch of money, right? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we need you right. on the field. We need you on the field if we get to that, that playoff push. And and you're right. There's a lot of mouths to feed now. They got mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons, who's got a ton of draft capital behind him and is you know finally got starter snaps last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zavin Collins, who was supposed to, but that got pushed a year because mm-hmm. of Jordan Hicks. He'll be playing a ton this year. Mm-hmm. Jalen Thompson came out of nowhere last year mm-hmm. for a, you know, a safety one top 12 safety season. Uh, you know, a lot of mouths to feed there. And uh, right, if you don't have to put Baker in harm's way, why would you? 
and I mean, it's it's smart ball, you know. I think that is a scenario. I don't think that that portion even exists like it did back when Baker was getting those really top numbers, you know. And was our basically, I mean, for what two, three years, maybe he was the number one because during when James was banged up or broken, and so anyhow yeah buddha baker folks don't shy away from him he's still going to be you know knocking on db one door and it only takes a few extra plays and he's a playmaker if he decides he wants to play make a play he's going to make a play absolutely and just just the tackle numbers too 98 is his lowest as a starter for season totals that's insane Mm -hmm. that's insane i i'm used to starting guys like justin simmons who i'm sure we'll talk about here at some point yes will give you 75 80 combined tackles a season and that's like that comes out to like five a game Mm -hmm. so you know i'm counting on five a game a pass defense call it a day and i'm happy with that this guy does way more than that as his floor (laughs) <laughs> right, definitely, Mr. Consistent. So, I mean, you know, maybe he's not. I guess what it was nice about last year, he still had his consistency. Yeah, he wasn't always top five, top ten every week. You know what I mean? But he still, I mean, he carried his weight really well, even with a slight dip. I mean, who could be disappointed? Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, that's a great safety option right there. Uh, circling back to the defensive line here, we're going to talk about a younger guy, Brian Burns. I believe he's in his third or fourth year as a starter. Uh, la- th- uh, fourth year coming mm-hmm. up here. Last two years, each year, nine sacks minimum, 50-plus combined tackles minimum. If you play in a league where they score tackle for loss or QB hit, add another 15 to 20 of each of those on top of that. So what we're looking at here is like the perfect defensive line two guy to pair with one of those super studs we talked about in our episode two, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in a league where you have to play a defensive end, uh, you know, that just increases his value. But we're talking defensive line. He's the perfect DL2. Great for Dynasty. Young, actually talented. Uh, you know, a lot to like here. And just now really coming into his prime age. I mean, some of these, he's, he's gone the process. Of course, he's not actually had the best defensive line around him and support probably other than, you know, well, Jeremy Chin's always running around everywhere else on the field, but either way it goes, um, uh, Burns, he's just, he's just reaching his prime. I do think I'm going to be a little bit critical here. I, I've never been a huge Burns fan, but looking back at his, what he's done, I think he deserves to be here, but I don't know if he'll be here next year or if he'll be a tier ahead or a tier below. I might leave him here, but as far as I'm concerned, the, talk, the clock's ticking to see what his, I don't know, prime ceiling is. <laughs> I, I, I kind of just want to sit back and anticipate that he's he's going to get better. Yeah, you got a good point there. So much like tight end, uh, defensive line, defensive end, you know, mostly, but, but then defensive tackle especially, this is not something that you come in as a rookie and you just dominate right away. That's exceedingly mm-hmm. rare to have, to have, you know, 10 sack rookies. It just doesn't happen. Right. Uh, that's why when Nick Bosa came into the league, we were like, holy crap, like this is something special. Uh, right. So so Burns has spent the last three years developing, and he's at the point where you're right. He should take that step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, also whether or not you believe that other people on the defensive line help or hurt this guy is going to affect your opinion to him. I don't know. The jury's out on that. I don't feel like having that argument with anyone. What I do know is uh, he had Reddick there last year. He mm-hmm. does not anymore. So does that mean more snaps for him? because he needs to shoulder more of the burden and that could help us or does it hurt him because Reddick's not there to absorb some of those double teams I don't right know. right uh, does opposing teams get a focus on burns I mean it's all huge questions they do have Derek Brown in the middle you know he might garner some a little a little bit more of attention to some guys on that defensive line but the folks this is the top 36 so if he is your second starting DL, Oh, you're so Right. Right. So don't worry about that. So don't 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 let these risk because again, you know, they've been consistent. They've been either growing or like we're talking about burns here. But either way, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Either way, though, I think you can definitely count on a good 8 to 10 sacks, a good 50-plus combined tackles, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a nice floor for a DL2 for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, next guy we're going to talk about is Nick Bolton, and uh, it might might be a little risky, but we'll get into that. So he did right. have 112 combined tackles in just 12 starts, playing parts of other four other games in his rookie season, which for a Chiefs linebacker is insane because the Chiefs do not value linebackers. Mm-hmm. They will put random schmucks in there you've never heard of just because. So to see Bolton get that much playing time and get that much production last year was something we haven't seen in quite some time for the Chiefs. Um, so that was excellent. So I guess the question is, do you think they, they keep doing it? And I, I guess my answer would be, if I had to ch- pick a Chiefs linebacker, it's definitely Bolton. It's not the guy they drafted this year. It's not Willie Gay. Um, so this would be the guy I'd draft. But I'm a little gun-shy. Uh, what's your take on it? Well, John, you know me pretty well, and I have exactly the same outlook about the whole Kansas City situation. And normally... I'm a believer in Bolton, believe it or not. I'm going to buy into this chunk because Willie Gay's been really disappointing. They haven't brought in any other veterans. And then you do have uh, Leo Chanel, a rookie, um, but he's not going to overtake Bolton and not the way that Bolton played last year and how, how he took control. And I know it's a leap of faith. There's another you know thing to bring up about putting him up this high. He's only did this one year. He's only did it in 12 games or whatever the John had mentioned at the beginning here. You know, so there is some risk factor here. You're drafting him here for a potential ceiling. That's 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 all this is because we know remember when i said i started dividing these into two parts into six and six and the hairs get a little bit thicker for me to personally in my head to to split i think his ceiling is going to be worth getting here because i know that if you listen to us during the season we're going to replace it if nick bolton doesn't get it yep very easily and you there might actually be a handful of waiver wire guys that are better in bolton by the time it's said and dead because we'll have some productive by default guys every year standard size leagues as long as you got like what 40 45 roster limit yeah, there should be some waiver wire idp on there all the time and every year there's more and more of them that are breaking out we had a few of them last year yeah, it's it's just like offense. And okay, so if you're drafting offense, once you get past the top, you know, twenty something guys, everyone after that has some kind of question, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, oh, Cam Akers, ceiling could be incredible, or he could get stuck in a split backfield and uh, he's not doing goal line carries and and he, and he screws you. That, that that that's like Nick Bolton over here. We're, we're drafting right. for the ceiling. And what's nice about IDP, Gary just mentioned, is. If we're wrong, who cares? Blow them out the airlock mm-hmm. and we'll have someone to replace them for you because it's way easier to find guys in IDP than it is in offense, and we'll have plenty for you. Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. you got to think big, conservative, all at the same time. And that gets confusing thinking about breaking down these upper tiers because me and you have been going deep for so long. You take those first couple of tears really for granted because well if i happen to get one we can get one but we both know later on that we can come up with everything we need in season if we really need to yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i I wouldn't worry about this worst case scenario it doesn't pan out like we want we'll have something better for you but but the sky could be the limit here if they do <clears throat> give him similar playing time to last year. Um, the kind of production we saw last year is definitely worth chasing down. Okie dokie. Next guy we're going to look at is another defensive lineman, uh, defensive tackle in particular, but we're going to go with DL um, just because we're talking about sleeper. So this is Christian Wilkins, uh, defensive lineman, Dolphins. What, what I found interesting was I remember he caught a touchdown. I was like, that's really cool. So I was looking at pro football reference today. He's caught two receiving <laughs> touchdowns in his career. So he's averaging right now about two-thirds of a receiving touchdown per season. So you might get an offensive touchdown out of drafting Christian Wilkins. Plus, he gave you 90 combined tackles and four and a half sacks last season as a defensive lineman. 90 combined tackles is like... 
Linebacker three numbers. Yep. Gotta love them, right? I mean, the sacks aren't necessarily going to be there, but, you know, who gives a shit? Right. With that many tackles, who cares? Right, right. Now, can we expect that again this coming season? Likely not, but that's not why you're drafting him here. I think he's a good, secure DL for like a DL2. Right. You know, just to lock her down, forget about it, because there's not a lot of those guys. Right, and we've seen this before with Sam Hubbard. So he led all defensive linemen and combined tackles and that. So there is something to be said for this. If you see this trend where for scheme or, you know, whatever, averages a bunch of combined tackles, that's something worth chasing down because that's a lot more uh, consistent and sustainable than sacks are, than splash plays are. If you got a guy that's going to get you a bunch of defense uh, combined tackles, you can rely on that way more than I can a receiving touchdown or one of his four and a half sacks. Right. I mean, the guy should have had his best average, a good deal two or a, a defensive tackle. I mean, if you're getting anywhere around 40, 45 combined in three or four sacks, you're That's a stat. You're, you're happy. Yeah. You're static. You're set in that, that, that department. So Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see where he lands next year, but uh, I'm definitely, you know, where I where I need him, if I can grab him, if I've grabbed one of these guys earlier, you know, and I only need to start two DL, uh, and all of a sudden they were gone, I wouldn't be hesitant at this point at all to put Christian Wilkinson. Exactly. Right. We're just trying to put this name in your brain mm-hmm. so that. You know, you can pair him with Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Aaron right. Donald. Uh, yeah, pair him with any of them, right. Right, right. Some of the guys we talked about the last couple of weeks. And then you've got an excellent defensive line, and that's all we really want you to have. And Lordy, if you get him as a DL3. <laughs> oh, my God, forget it. Absolutely. Right. Uh, it's a little bit of pressure for me and you, man. We've been, we, we're usually in with a bunch of, like, diehard degenerate idpers right and we got you know we got like okay what what can i pull off here to impress everybody you know watch this guys you know what who can i dig up what who can i get before him whatever you know knowing there's a stack of them uh players on the pool that you can just pluck anytime you need or you know injury bye weeks whatever and don't hesitate to drop guys don't get stuck on somebody. If you get somebody and he underperforms for three weeks straight, that dude should never see the inside of the, the starting lineup again until he performs at least once. Come on. He at least needs a bounce back. And I mean this with the studs. You know, look, perfect example was a Ram a few years ago as a safety. He was on his way and actually peaked at a DB1, but it just looked like he had some health and injury things. But it looked like he was getting ready to be that top solid guy. And then he turned around and went to Cleveland. All these people had all these shares of him. All these people, oh, my God, it's Cleveland. It's going to be cool. It's all right. I was one of them. I was a believer. But the fact of the matter is, is all of a sudden we got slapped in the face with the role that he had within the scheme that his production went to shit. Right. And that happens, right? It's it, Sometimes it's the role, not the player. And that's what we were talking about with Wagner a couple of weeks ago. Like, the role is excellent. When you, when you plug in a guy that's already that talented, it's going to be incredible. And it was the opposite with uh, John Johnson you're talking about. And that's why we're saying don't get stuck on somebody. Corey Littleton's another one. If you held on to him too long, I had the following season that both those players didn't have their production. Now, Corey Littleton was probably more on performance problem than I know it was with John Johnson. His was more of a role. But at the same time, it's week seven, week eight, and I got guys going, hey, man, do you think I should drop Corey Littleton? And I'm like, okay, how many you start? And then they start naming standard size rosters. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Who you got on your ro- Who you got on the waiver wire? Just give me a snapshot. Give me a few names. Next thing I know, I'm like, are you kidding me? You're holding on to this this dude here that just you know don't get stuck, folks. You know if these people don't if they don't perform. And you're in these more standard size leagues, kick them to the curb and, you know, looking at their average, what they've done for the last two or three weeks, anybody on the uprise, anybody at the top of the waiver wire, anything, just, just try to try to move on. Right. And j- all you got to do is cross reference that with snaps, right? If they're playing enough, you're good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't want those guys that are smoking mirrors. They're, they're, they're playing 40. There he goes. Snaps. There he goes. Ladies and gentlemen, John's taking you to the next step. 
Nope, yeah. we're not. Yeah. I got to pump the brakes on it. Snap counts are for, oh, wait a minute. No, that's sprinkles are for winners. <laughs> we're in it. All right. So, so just so the listeners know, me and Gary's idea of a good time in year 20 of IDP is all IDP leagues with no offense, corners, DTs, and, and like 40-man roster. We got, we got a problem. So um, all good points there. Uh, next and last guy we'll talk about on this tier is one of my personal favorites. Mr. Reliable for the last decade or so, Jordan Poyer, safety bills, 90-plus combined tackles, solo plus assisted for the last five seasons, entering year 10 of playing. Mm -hmm. Um, And the guy is just rock solid. There's nothing bad you can say about him. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much on this guy. You You plug him in, you're fine. It's that simple. And you know how hard and how weird it felt to stick him down here and not up, you know, where he... Normally, it had been for the last, I don't know, not 10 years. He's been in the league 10 years, but he's been a very, very relevant IDP play and one hell of a player in the NFL, too, um, for, what, five, six years of it? Maybe yeah, four or yeah, five, it, it something least, along that line. At least the last five. Right, right. Yeah. So it felt kind of weird knocking him down, and the only reason he's down here is because of the guys that's above him. That's the only excuse I've got, you know, I when you start – you got to think about the overall aspect, getting the positions, getting the players in. Uh, Jordan Poyer would have never – matter of fact, I couldn't imagine if I did this last year. He had to – he would have probably definitely been up there like, you know, top of the second tier for me. He might have been a top three, top four guy. Would you well, go that far? Sure. I mean, he was not – DB, I mean. I apologize. Top four yeah. DB. No worries. So the, not last year, but the year before, he was the safety one, mm-hmm. the DB one in basically every format on the planet. But, yep. you know, that was because Jamal Adams was injured, as is tradition, and uh, Ed Derwin was too. Yep. So he was the, you know, the guy that, that came out of there. But he's great, and, you know, it, it can, it's tempting to knock him down a little bit because he's, he's old, but we talked about Harrison Smith already. That's mm-hmm. not going to matter for this year or probably next year. Or yeah, this isn't a that. dynasty decision, really. I mean, right. of course, for me, I wouldn't have a problem getting him in dynasty. Would you, John? Because, you know, nope. even getting that one damn year out of him, was worth it you know so um yeah it just it did it, it felt weird to bring him down here i guess he's actually got like an ex, uh hyper extended elbow or something just happened like recently yeah, yesterday or the day before but he should be okay right i think they're just talking a few weeks and it's not like the guy's got to practice yeah i'm actually looking it up right here so elbow injury expects he'll be able to play an opener yep he's good i was going to mention one more quick thing about Jordan Poirier is this is also another reason he is a little bit down here is I'm having that uh, same effect that I had with Buda Baker Poirier did come off a kind of a down year uh, considering if you can call what he did a down year that's the funny thing it's weird to say that kind of shit right I mean he's it's not really a down year not if you compare it to the rest of the league, but for him, it might have been a little it bit was. of a deal. It was. It was 20 combined tackles less right. than, than usual the past couple, couple two, three years. You know. And Micah Hyatt had a better year than normal last year. So either way, I that's that's just slipping down here. I, no way his ceiling ever falls to the point this coming year that you got to be alarmed. Just you know, grab him. There's a lot of other good guys ahead of him, and there's all kinds of good guys around him. So. But there's only one Jordan Poyer, and you never know when he's going to lead the league for the defensive backs and combined tackles. Yeah, absolutely. And he's just another reason why, you know, we're going to talk, and we've already talked about defensive back, safety, and corner being so readily available that you don't really need to concentrate on it until later because a lot of guys like him out there. But there is only one Jordan Poyer. You got a good point there. Alrighty, so that was the first six guys we're talking about. That's the premium squad. Let's take a quick break and hit a commercial. We will be right back. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $50, win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. 
Bet $500 or more on sports or casino before July 31st, 2022, and get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Alrighty, we're going to move on to the Gold Squad, but first we want to thank our friend at JJ Wenner for doing the voiceover for the ads. The man has a voice for radio, that's for sure. Thank you, JJ. Okay, the Gold Squad. We got six more guys here. We're going to start with Max Crosby, Raiders, defensive end, defensive line, Minka Fitzpatrick, Steelers safety, Tremaine Edmonds, Bills linebacker, Kevin Biard. Tennessee Titans safety, J. Ron Curse, Cowboys safety, and Kenny Moore, the first corner. We'll consider him a defensive back, though, for the Indianapolis Colts. Let's start with Max Triple X Crosby, who was the second best PFF rated pass rusher last year with a 91.8 score, which was second only behind Miles Garrett. He had eight sacks last season and only his third season in the league, and he's just entering his prime as a pass rusher. We talked about this earlier with Burns. Takes a minute for them to get good. The guy is just a monster, and when you have that good a pass rush grade, all that means is we're missing a tiny bit of luck from getting like 12, 15, you know, God knows how many sacks because half the battle is the pass rush grade beating your offensive lineman and the other half is the quarterback being in the right spot to get sacked. Crosby's just just missing that second part and we've got a monster on our hands. He also had 56 combined tackles last year. What do you think about Mr. Crosby? Well, you know, it's I put him right there basically with Burns. I mean, this is, again... It's tough. It's tough starting to split the hairs between Burns and Crosby, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that we're ever going to see a. I I hate to say it. I think that Max Crosby might never get more than twelve sacks in a season, for whatever reason he doesn't seem to follow through. But that is just an assumption, and it, it's off the wall. Uh, I want to remind people that we usually want the guys that are getting 14, 15 sacks, and now the 17-game uh, season we're probably going to get. I mean, wouldn't that be the range? That's Garrett's range. That's yeah. Nick Bose's range. That's So I just I don't think we're ever going to get up that far. You know, I think if we got 10 out of Crosby, we're going to be all right. He was a high uh, kind of a reach is – what if I remember right for Gruden, he got a little bit of criticism. It's like a small Michigan school or something. Right. It wasn't even like a actual college you've heard of. And he was like a fourth rounder or fifth rounder or something. Right. And he, you know, apparently had some struggles with alcohol, I believe or something, but he got his life together and he just, he, he's, he's just a different guy. And it showed on the field too, I believe. I'm sitting here wondering, again, will he be in this tier or will he be in a different tier come next year? Uh, you got Chandler Jones across from him now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not actually knocking too much off of Crosby just because Chandler Jones is over there. Uh, the rest of the defensive line, I, if I remember right, is just crap. It is, yeah. My question for you, because you, know, you don't see Chandler Jones on here, but – in your opinion, who will lead the team in sacks this year? Uh, probably Crosby. I, I think so, anyway. Um, Jones, Jones. what's nice about Jones is he has those explosive games where he'll get you like three or four, but he does that like twice a year, and that's it. I feel like Crosby's going to be more consistent, and I, I do think he's going to take that jump. Um, just because, just you know, all the pass rush metrics are like – Okay, so I'm, I'm in one of those all-22 leagues that just started up. You don't get fantasy points. You get points based on how well they actually play football in their PFF scores. Blue is the best you can get. And all his <laughs> pass rush metrics are blue. 
That yes. tell, tells me that he's excellent, and all we need is just a little bit of luck, and he's going to have a huge season. So I, I got to believe in him. And I, and I, I identify with the story, too. Like he, Boy, he's got a great story. <laughs> if they would have just put him on the blind side and leave him there, I think he'd hit home a lot more. But he's, they use him kind of as a versatile piece. Even at what he did last year, if he can match that, well worth the value right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well worth the value. So the next guy we're going to talk about is I, I'm trying to resist the urge to call him Minka St- Stink Patrick, um, but oops, it, it fell out. But okay, not so, a big fan, right? Not a huge fan. But here's the thing: so he's never had a great combined tackle floor until last year, where he put up 124, mm-hmm. which is a 50 plus combined tackle jump from his average of 73 for the com- the three years prior. So. For me, this is like, is this the new normal or is this a buyer beware? Because part of this is uh, the inside linebackers in front of them are kind of garbage. Um, they do have Miles Jack now, but I mean, that's nothing special. His thing has always been the splash plays. He's an excellent real life football player safety. Um, you know, roam the field, make plays, pick six guy, right? But And that mm-hmm. doesn't happen that often, but when it does, he could win you your week with these huge monster blow-up games. Having the combined tackle floor is something new for him. That just happened last year, so I'm a little wary of that. But if that's something he can keep up, then holy crap, he's worth his weight in gold. Right. Same way with you. You know, always been this combined tackle, and look, he blew himself up to 124. And I'm not riding that 124 train into the wild blue yonder this year either. But I don't think I have a problem when I look at the the defense in front of him. Okay, let's let, let's examine this. So that interior defensive line, it's it's okay, you know. But I mean, it's that's not much. Then you have T.J. Watt. He's still in his prime. He's the best pass rusher on there. A few years ago, they had another pass rusher across from him that was pretty damn good, too, Dupree. Uh, He was actually another first-round selection. I don't think Highsmith is as good. I think I, you know, I, so there's a little bit of aging going on. I don't think the competition or the, the players in front are as good. Even the linebackers are questionable. I mean, Devin Bush has been borderline. Oh, he's, awful. he's yeah. And now you've added miles Jack, which I've had the pleasure of, of managing a lot and getting a lot of production from him. But I do not like this going to Pittsburgh thing. Um, the way, uh, since they lost to Zier, Pittsburgh just doesn't believe in full-time guys or, right putting that solo one man. Of course, I guess Shazir was a special type of linebacker too. Uh, high state guy, by the way, folks. Big fan here, big fan. Yeah, but either he, way. He was awesome. He was. You're right, though. Since, right. Since, since him, they just don't really believe in the position that much. And, yeah, Devin Bush is awful. Miles Jack is just a guy. And Let's talk about the strong safety. Who? Oh, they do have a strong safety. His name is what? Edmonds? Terrell Edmonds. The, yes. The next guy we're going to talk about is brother, and he's just okay as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're being kind, sir. <laughs> you're being kind. Because so for so what does, his hype was coming into this freaking league, that dude's a bust. No doubt. So does this mean that Minka gets more combined tackles because he has to, because he has to run all over and make plays because everyone else is bad? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just How do we feel about the Pittsburgh D- or offense this year? Oh, it's, it's probably not going to be great. <laughs> yep. All on the back of Harris again. Yeah, this is true. Nope. This is true. So I don't know. No. There, there are some things here that point towards Minka maybe having – not this many, but more combined tackles than usual. So this this could be a little safer. I just don't believe it till I see it again. Right. It, you know, it, it's hard not to be skeptical. I mean, I'm right there in the boat with you, man. It's like fighting those urges. But, you know, uh, again, this is a higher ceiling. And like you mentioned yourself, he is a playmaker. Right. He can make those plays. You're so get those. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, as long as those combined tackles can be anywhere around that 90 range – even 85, yep. I I think it's well worth it right here. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, so, yeah, this is, a, once again, a ceiling play, and the ceiling is super high if, if it ends up going well. Yeah. And the DB pool is even bigger than the linebacker pool. Right, so if it doesn't work out, just flush him down the toilet. We'll start again. Yep, beautiful. All right, next guy we're going to talk about is just a steady producer that's going to play – 
damn near 100% of snaps every single week because that's how the Bills play their defense. There's like five or six guys that play every snap. Everyone else rotates. And Tremaine Edmonds is one of them and plays every snap every week. He's had 100-plus combined tackles all four years of his career. So you can go ahead and pencil in 100 combined tackles for the season now in preseason Hall of Fame games tomorrow. Yep, and that's it. That's, that's all there is. That's all you're getting. You're not getting that's, anything else. No, you're not. You're not. Unless somebody picks up a fumble, hands it to him, you're not getting anything else. Maybe bat a pass into his hands. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, he's not that bad, folks. He's not. But exactly it. You're not getting any of the bells or whistles, no interceptions, no passes defended, nothing like that, unless it was an accident. So, um, And I think this might be his last year hurrah of this because we've seen it in the past and I hate doing that but Preston Brown was you know he was a god at Buffalo for IDP purposes and then he went to Cincinnati and next thing you know I he was out of the league like three years later there's production by default now he is a better he's a better player than a protected by default player he's just not a splash player I just really don't know if he'll be in Buffalo next year but either way as it sits right now in redraft, I have no problem having him sitting here. He's just going to be a consistent guy. He's probably never going to lead each week, you know, as the as the leading uh, linebacker or, or IDP producer. But you know, he's going to have that consistency, and he's going to get you through the season. That's it. And and boring old me. That's what I'm looking getting each week. I know exactly what I'm getting here. So if I can get him as my LB like three, ideally, that's beautiful. I'll take it. Yeah, and you you never know. You know, Matt Milano used to be. Well, I guess I still am a big fan of his. But either way, you know, he he gets hurt. We don't know the stage of how everything was going to go with Vaughn Miller exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe he. Maybe he does bust out a bigger ceiling. You know, I, I think he's possibly in the last year's contract. That's why I'm talking this way. Yep. That's why uh, That's why it's in the back of my head. I, I, I suppose I probably should stop and look right now, folks, but I am not. I am, But I am more looking at redraft than I am on Dynasty. If this was a Dynasty, I think I'd drop him down at least another tier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, no, you know what you're going to get. <clears throat> it's a good LB, like, two, preferably three. Next guy we're talking about, though, we could promise all kinds of things because he, much like Minka, was someone that was known for his splash plays, but then the last few years has put together an excellent combined tackle floor. He's good for 80 combined tackles a season, plus a ton of splash plays. Kevin Biard, safety titans, this guy can do it all. Uh, and his problem and why he's a little bit lower in our tiers here is it used to be all splash plays. This combined mm -hmm. tackle floor is like a newer thing. So mm -hmm. it's tough to trust, but if you can get that 80 combined tackles plus his normal amount of splash, splash plays, you're sitting pretty. It's beautiful. All right, and the next guy we're going to talk about is kind of a surprise, especially for me as a Cowboys fan, because this guy was not great on Seattle, I believe it was. He was just kind of a boring dude. Curse was in Minnesota uh, for a long time. Never amounted to much of anything but a depth player. He, uh, you know, he got a few starts. Never shined. Never, never stood out whatsoever. And then he went to Detroit for a little bit. Um, he did get a little bit more playing time there, but it was just a bump in playing time, just enough to keep him noticed. And lo and behold, he landed with Dallas last year. I, I don't know why I thought Seattle for some reason. That's that's how little I knew about this dude until he showed up at the Cowboys and put up a career-best 101 combined tackles last year. Mm -hmm. So the question really is, is this the new normal? Because if it is, I certainly am interested. Yeah, I'm straight on it. I think it's just the the, the whole Gus Bradley, uh, the old Canil Neal, uh, strong safety, box safety type uh, position that they're using curse as um, I think it's just identical to that and I don't have problem believing after how curse stepped in you know this is another case of a later draft later round drafted guy being a journeyman working his way through uh, being on special teams being depth being there being healthy when he could be and he's worked his way up into a perfect position where he's just he's 
broke out and I have no problem believing in him as long as Gus Bradley believes in him and I have no problem sticking up here for the ceiling again potential ceiling again and at the same time that DB pool is deep so you know we could go fishing if we want after three or four weeks if he doesn't perform but I probably wouldn't even wait that long on a DB necessarily and I do believe, yeah, just look this up. He did sign again in the offseason. Two years, $10 million, uh, $5 million guaranteed. So they liked him enough to re-sign him, and that's that's a good sign for uh, this season at least. All righty. Uh, so another good uh, safety-slash-defensive back option for you. And the last defensive back we're going to talk about is our first corner. So we typically, in DB leagues, tend not to target corners for our defensive back slots just because they're kind of sporadic, they're not super consistent, but that is not this guy. In general, we like safety because they're more predictable week to week, um, more kind of consistent. Kenny Moore, though, is as consistent as they come. Uh, He's good for 70-plus combined from the corner slot every single season and it's been a hell of a lot more than that the last two or three seasons uh plus he'll get you you know as a corner pass defense if your league scores pass defense that's a whole extra category worth of stats you're getting out of him you know 15 to 20 of those every season plus interceptions uh plus the yardage from interceptions uh he blitzes he has sacks he does everything he's involved in run stopping he is you know, he's technically a corner, but he go, he does everything. He does a little everything. He is excellent. So that, I, I love him. So, yeah, before I get started on more, I was going to tell you real quick, you, you know, make sure you go check out my articles at the uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It felt dirty, man. It just felt dirty putting him in here because he's a cornerback. You know how I feel about cornerbacks. It's not unheard of. It's happened before. Logan Ryan a few years ago. There are those outliers. Yeah, right. It happens, and this is one of them. Now Humphreys, Humphreys, uh, a couple of them right now. Peters, they're going to be a little bit lower down on the on the thing. Maybe you're not going to see a bunch of cornerbacks in here, folks. Don't get excited. Right, but here's the thing: with DB, this opens this avenue up to you. That's why, once again, we talk about kind of saving defensive backs for last because. With the DB slot, you've combined corner and safety. That's two times 32. That's 64 starting safeties times another three times 32, 90. That's like 150 players available to you in these shallow leagues. You're going to have options. All right, and we're going to take a quick break. Do you want to know why I switched to OddsTracker.com, the number one site for all your game day bets? I switched because I can now compare all the major sports books odds on all my favorite teams and players in one spot. And they got it all. Handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores, and bet tracking with all the statistics you'll ever want. So do what I did and stop chasing the odds for all the major sports books. And get it all at oddstrader.com slash bluewire. I bet you'll love it too. That's Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button 
and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash S-G-P. Alrighty, so that pretty much wraps up our two tiers for this week. So let's take it out on a question here. So thinking about these 12 guys we just talked about, which once again, the idea is just to kind of sink these into your brain so that uh, you know they're on the mind when you're doing your drafts. Who are your two favorite guys to manage out of these 12? Uh, Gary, what do you think? You got two of these guys that are your favorite? Man, I just, I just have to go with the top two. Buda Baker and Fred Warner. Consistent studs. Everything wrapped up in one little package here. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say I agree completely on Fred Warner. Fred Warner is in a, you know, the IDP landscape is changed since when we first started and you know three down linebackers are plentiful it's kind of to where they're a little more rare and fred is like the perfect three down linebacker you know he's never going to lose his job because he's actually good at it he's not just a warm body it's going to get you 100 plus combined tackles every season he gets those splash plays he doesn't miss games Mm -hmm. uh yeah I, i agree on fred i'd probably say um Poyer was my first instinct, but he is getting a little long in the tooth. So I'm going to go with uh, Burns or Crosby, flip a coin, either one. I think the future is bright. Getting those young defensive linemen um, right when they should be breaking out, and uh, that, that's always great. So uh, Yeah, that positional value, I mean, right. that that's what you nailed right there. I, I'm I'm going for trying and for set them, forget them. And I, I, I just got to try to give that up, man. It's just – it's not – it's so scarce. <laughs> it's you can't depend on it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that was a great list. What do we got uh, next episode? Are we getting into some more dudes here? I believe we're going to touch on some rookie uh, redraft rankings. Believe it or not, before we hit some dynasty rankings. Excellent. All right, so we'll look at some rankings next week, and uh, it's that time of year, folks. That's right. We're uh, hey, the Hall of Fame game's tomorrow, so we're getting close. Yeah, red draft season's kicking up. Everybody's going and running. And Oh, I ain't got my 50th league yet. I hear you, man. So, uh, all right. Well, with that being said, uh, just a quick reminder, everyone should go get in that SGP and Discord. It is awesome. It's the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGP and crew. Get on over there, sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord. Gary, another excellent episode in the books. Uh, You want to take us out? We'll catch you next week.